episode 15. A big recap of 2019 and looking forward to 2020. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrap SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Wykey of GatherUp and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And we have made it to the end of, uh, of another year, just a, a couple of weeks away from turning over the calendar. And Darren, I thought it would be fun to kind of uh, take a look back at 2019 as a whole, a year in which we we started podcasting uh, together. We got in, this is our 15th uh, episode and a number of other things and uh, take a look at what's gone on in the, in the calendar year for us and what we're looking forward to the next year. Yeah, sounds great. I think it's really good to look back, understand, you know, what we've learned over the past year, look at some of the challenges and our accomplishments and look forward to 2020. It sounds like the future, hey, 2020. Like <laughs> it is it is an exciting year to talk about, right? Yeah. Plenty of plays on words with, you know, having 2020 vision for the future, whatever that might yeah, be. Yeah, it's been a full year. Like our first episode was recorded on January 15th. So it's been just exactly a year we've been doing this thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, it was like uh, last December when we decided something that we had talked about months earlier, when we were like, all right, let's do this. Let's get it going. And then we got all of the ducks in a row and then just started hitting record on, you know, probably, I think we, we were hoping, I, I think I was hoping we'd maybe get past 20 episodes, Same. but I'm also yeah. considering what we've both had going on this year. I also look at like, all right, 15 episodes. We at least got one in every month. Like uh, we didn't do two shit. Yeah. More than one per month, I think is all right. And uh, you know, I don't know, 2020 is shaping up to be pretty busy too, but so maybe we can try to get a few more in next year. Yeah. What, um, in, in looking at that, what are your takeaways from 15 episodes, a calendar year of a podcast, Maybe you've listened back to a few of them. What, what, what's your feeling on what we've done with the SaaS venture? Yeah, I think personally for me, it's been really incredible to have to carve out those moments where, okay, we know we're doing an episode on, let's say, support or sales. And to really like, okay, before the podcast, I take some time to think about, you know, where, what are our challenges in sales? What are our you know, accomplishments, what are the things that we're trying to do? And just having that time to think about it, the podcast has been really helpful for me to take that step back and, and think about it and like think about how do I want to communicate what we're doing? And so that's been really amazing as a uh, driver of new learning and growth for, for my company. So the podcast has been really helpful for that. And then, of course, it's amazing just having the opportunity to chat with you once a month plus, you know, because I think that that collaboration and I've learned so much from you through doing this podcast. It's just been it's been wonderful. I'm really glad that we decided to do it. And it's been a super fun time. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I've enjoyed getting your perspective on all of these different things. You know, I, I also just the ability to talk out loud about some of these things is like, I don't know if it's therapeutic or just helpful to like hear yourself say some of these things, but you, you, I've learned from stating them out loud and every now and then like listening 
you know, I'll go and listen back partly because I want to, you know, all right, how can I be better? How often am I saying, um, or yeah, or (laughs) repetitious words, but also just hearing my perspective, especially when I dive back into like an episode from midsummer or, or early on, and then just thinking like, all right, is that the same way I still feel about it? Did my perspective change? Have I done something different with it after talking about it as a, a challenge or looking how well we're doing with it. So yeah, it's been, it's been so. Yeah. Bad. I've actually taken a number of things that we discussed on the podcast and started implementing at the company. And it's been, it's been great. It's been, everything is just feels like we're tightening up a lot of the areas that we were a little loose in and just constantly uh, growing and improving. It's been really good. Nice. Maybe just maybe some of our listeners have been able to do a little bit of that too. And I would say if any of you have, there's anything that we have sparked an idea or you took a piece of process or whatever else, man, I would love uh, to hear from you on, you know, Twitter, email through our website, yeah. uh, the satsventure.com, anything else. That would be really cool uh, to talk about that or, or speak to anything that anyone's willing to share on a few. Same. Yes, episodes. please. Feedback requested. Yeah. All right. And I mean, just my last thought with it is it just, it gets into just how much time is a commodity, right? There's so many times where, you know, we've wanted to record something, do whatever else. One of us has to slide because of whatever. I I feel like we've done a really great job of being flexible with each other. We've both had our moments where like, yep, it's not going to work for me today. We got to push a couple days or or push next week. Um, But yeah, making the time for it really is the hardest part. Once we're on, talking is easy, but just carving out an hour and saying, yep, I can make it work. I'll have some prep done, any of that. That's the hard Yeah, talking is definitely easy. Keeping it short and succinct is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely on that. So, all right, outside of the uh, podcast, like in just since we've last uh, talked, spoke in November, What's new with you? Like, what's what's going on in the day to day of White Spark? Uh, what's going on? Uh, let's see. Um, well, we've hired a lot of people recently. We, we transitioned our citation team to an in-house team, so we've been kind of busy with a lot of stuff around that over the last quarter. Um, what was what was behind the move to go from the outside team to internal? Well, control was a big part of it. So there were a lot of things that we wanted to do with our citation processes and our work that were not, um, you know, it was just, it was harder to work with a third party on that. Like if we had, if we owned it completely, then we could do whatever we want. And we didn't have to try and convince the third party that this is the way things should be done. And so control over quality and control over specific things that we wanted to be tracking in the process was a big part of it. Yep. Um, also, you know, heating up competition, I guess, in the space. So uh, trying to be a bit more profitable and competitive that way has been a, a big driving factor for it as well. And, uh, you know, all of those things have been accomplished by taking it in-house. And so that, I think that can happen with a lot of businesses where you partner with the third party and then eventually you're like, it would just be so much better if we did this ourselves. And so we, we eventually got to that point where we had to pull the trigger and do it. And it was tough. And we had a great relationship with our, our previous partner for citations for ages, uh, but it was just time to, to have complete control over that. 
Yeah. And the, how's the transition been? It's been great. Yeah. So everything is going good. We're a little bit behind on orders. Like our capacity is a little bit low, but, uh, and that's, what's been driving the hiring, but it takes time to get people up to speed. Right. So we're, uh, we're having a little bit of a growing pain with orders being late, but, uh, mostly, mostly getting there. And, uh, um, I'm pleased about the hiring process and who we've been able to bring on. Upwork has been awesome too. We just recently put a job out to Upwork. And so we're going to use it as like a training ground. So you do a project and, you know, you get five people to do that project. And the, the two that did the best job are the ones that are going to get a full-time contract. So uh, it's, I think Upwork has been really helpful. Discovering that this year has been a big one. Nice. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else right now? Well, uh, we're just plugging away at trying to finish up our uh, our platform, our new account system. So that's uh, coming together so beautifully. I'm I'm thrilled with it. I cannot wait to launch that in Q1. Uh, I'd like to push for January, but you know how software development goes, so it might be February. But uh, it's really coming together, and it's 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 all my dreams coming true, Aaron. I cannot wait to have this thing. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and uh, I'm also really thrilled about our rank tracker uh, development, like how that has, has, we basically rewrote the whole thing. And so now that we have this thing, we can iterate faster on and we have a new guy working on it too. So uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we got some great new processes in our support team, like a new onboarding process that we just rolled out, which is, I think, really helpful. And this actually, a lot of this, these ideas, you know, were somewhat driven from, you know, stuff we talked about on the podcast. And so when we have someone sign up, we actually have a customer support person look at how they set up their campaign and look for any like key things that they might have missed or made a mistake on. And then we, we proactively reach out to them. So we're doing that with every campaign. Anyone that signs up for a rank tracker campaign, we check it out. We watch how they're doing because this is a huge thing for reducing churn. If people are yeah. um, setting up their campaigns wrong, then they don't get the data and then they cancel or they'll lots of times they, they don't tell us, right? So by proactively looking at every single campaign that gets set up, we're catching that in advance and, and fixing it for them. They really appreci the re appreciate us reaching out to them. And they're like, oh, oh thanks a lot. You fixed up my campaign. Now I get it. And so that's really helpful to reduce churn. And so I think that that's a really good initiative that we've started doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll be excited to maybe hear the, the data or the results behind what that looks like 60, 90 days from now. For sure. That sounds really awesome. Yeah, I don't know. That's all that's new for me. What's going on with you? I know you had some big news. <laughs> yeah, well, since the, the last time we talked, it became public that GatherUp has been acquired. Huge. Uh, yeah, very huge. Um, you know, and with uh, roughly about four months in the background of uh, the deal kind of, you know, fully coming together from the signal that, you know, between offer and like all of those pieces and everything else. So uh, definitely a very um, intense, daunting, unknown process. I haven't led um, a company being acquired before. So uh, I kind of equated to, you know, running a sprint through a pitch black tunnel and you're part of you is just kind of waiting to get hit in the head with a low beam <laughs> right. or, you know, something else. Yeah. Uh, and then when the other end shows up, like it's just like daylight and you shoot out uh, the other side. That's so, a great analogy. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very uh, interesting. I'm, you know, happy to be through it. Very uh, grateful, thankful, excited about what's next. 
Um, and not to go too far, you know, you and I have already discussed with this that we're going to do, you know, at least a couple yeah. of episodes about this in, in January because there is so much to break down with it. But, uh, you know, I can say just that the high level is, you know, uh, one, we we're interested in someone acquiring us that was going to help us grow faster. Uh, we felt like um, the the company buying us was going to help us achieve that. We wanted our team to be able to stay uh, intact um, and we were able to accomplish that. Uh, and then the third is that, you know, we felt like we'd still have the right uh, leeway and dedication to what our vision is right. um, for the for the product. And, and that was accomplished well. Um, we got a very healthy uh, multiple. Um, and yeah, all, all those things are really good. So uh, a, a lot of a uh, lot has gone in uh, to that, and then once everything's kind of finalized, there's so much of like internal communication with your team, then with your clients, then you know the last step is kind of the the public PR and that uh, announcement stuff, and that really kind of helps close that off. And then you know I'm staying on as CEO, so then I have to dig right into a whole lot of transition work, yeah. and that's really been my last sixty days, and it'll be my next sixty days. So. Unbelievable! It's like. It's it's kind of cool that in our first year of podcasting, this has happened for you. It is such a a goal I know for like most SaaS company owners is is like that dream that one day you'll be acquired, right? And so it's going to be amazing fodder for our next couple episodes. So listeners, stay tuned. We're going to have some exciting episodes coming up. Yes, that'll that will be fun to. Recap it. And I don't even know, like, I'm already at the point, like so much was happening um, at the time, like, man, am I even going to be able to, to speak to all these aspects of whatever? But I think a lot of what I want to just share is just like, you know, just the some of the emotional journey yeah. through it. And, you know, when you have kind of, we had four main shareholders and the decision making process and what that looks like. And then yeah, just the, the hard part of understanding something that you haven't done before, but has just such high stakes attached to it, right? Yeah. It's it's one thing when you're trying something new, you've never ice skated before and you're going to go out there. It's another thing when there's some serious money involved and you're trying not to screw it up or have something go wrong or, you know, get the most out of it because you can't go and like resell the business again after selling it. Right. It's a, it's a one-time yeah. deal. So you really need to make sure you're getting things right. So I like that analogy too. You just like walking out onto the ice with these shaky legs, <laughs> trying to, trying to get it figured out. And then eventually you're skating. Yep. Yep. So, yep. and there's, you know, there's no helmet for an acquisition and you kind of need yeah, it. Right. But. Anyway, we'll 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 dive into a, a number a number of those things, but yeah, just super grateful for what we've been able to accomplish, our team, our customers, all those things, and and looking forward to what 2020 is going to look like. Yeah. So besides the big accomplishment, the acquisition, uh, what else? What else? Are you looking back at 2019, what do you think were some of uh, GatherUp's biggest accomplishments? What are you most proud of? Yeah. When when I spent a few minutes thinking about this. Um, you know, what, one is first and foremost, like our, our, our team, we really, I think we added 16 members in, in 2019, bringing our total to just a little over 20. Yep. Um, and, and a lot of like just really solid, right. We got some great hires, like our VP of customer success. Um, one of our founders kind of rolled back in being a product manager and we brought on a new product manager. So that's a very key and important role. Yep. Uh, we hired, yeah, I, I finally got my sales team hired, two salespeople, um, and, you know, starting to, starting to, to catch uh, a little bit with that. So like 
definitely some really big hires. And, you know, for the most part, all of these people just gelled really, really well uh, together as a, as a team. Um, and being able to, you know, we had our all company retreat um, in October where everybody got together from our North American team. And then, you know, a month and a half later, we were all together again because of the acquisition where our acquirer flew everybody to Seattle where they're nice. based. So we all got to see each other again. Yep. So yeah, that was a lot of fun to have that FaceTime when we normally get it um, once a year. So team team is a really big accomplishment. I, I'm, I'm proud of a lot of the features we we're able to, to roll out. Um, text back our inbound SMS feature, our insights report that's powered by IBM Watson. Um, yeah, those are huge. Fundamentally, yeah, fundamentally, we we put almost two years worth of work into really kind of rebuilding um, the the platform uh, with the theory of you know things were kind of started from a bottom up, um, and we needed we kind of finished finally getting to like a a top down build with everything. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I mean, when when GatherUp started originally as as Get Five Stars, um, you know, the original build that the guys put together was really focused on single location yeah. small businesses, yeah, right. um, and a, a lot of that was born out of they hadn't worked with a two hundred, a five hundred, a five thousand uh, location yeah. company, so they they didn't they weren't able to see it through that lens, right? It was just uh, something that they weren't aware of, um, and that was one area where that's where I had worked. Uh, a lot. And then when I got in and started selling to some of these larger ones, I could see how that was limited. So we really had to look at, you know, all right, how do we keep inching towards this and kind of, you know, flip this upside down that instead of everything being, you know, built off the location, it's really built off the brand, but filters all the way down to the location. Right, right, right. So, yeah. So a lot, a lot of work into that. And most of that is really like really all tied up, right? We had to do that in, in increments. Yeah. We, we're in a similar position right now with the design and development of our platform. And so yeah, I'm trying to think about it from both angles. I want it to be easy for a single location business to come in, but I, it also needs to accommodate the enterprise businesses. And so I, I, I think we've been thinking about it from both angles as we develop this. So should should be good for us. I'm excited. About yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that's, it's just really important. Cause it, it, I mean, it, in some parts it's, it's great victory and really exciting, but I also know like we had to burn a lot of dev cycles kind of redoing yeah, things, God. right? Like we, we were still finding wins in how we redid it and making it better. Um, but at the same time, there's certain pieces that if you do them right the first time, their shelf life is much longer before you have to retouch them or reconfigure and then you can build more new things. Yeah, that's an interesting um, topic for another episode is just like that concept of burning dev cycles and how do you reduce that, reduce the burn so that you're actually uh, developing um, cleaner, you know, you're not without so much waste. I feel like we often waste a lot of dev cycles at Whitespark. It would be good to fix that. Yep. Yep. I, I often feel the same way. You're yeah, alone, anyone that runs a software company, I think. Yeah. 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 And I, I would say lastly, the one other big thing, um, you know, making the fortune 5,000 list, it, it was really great. I know we touched on this one of our other podcasts, but if anything, it was um, just such a big um, accomplishment internally yeah. that really made our team feel like, Hey, we're, you know, we're much more than a startup, right? Cause now you get to see yourself, alongside numerically with other companies and you realize like, all right, we're doing something quite exceptional right. here, right? We're making a list 
of very high growth, fast growing companies. And we're right in the middle of this list, right? We weren't 4,999. We're in the low 2000s. And I think that was really an eye opener from our team that in a, in a, you know, startup, new company, small software company, you're, you're so heads down and you don't get a lot of these like legitimacy things that make you feel like, oh, oh no, we are for real, right? And especially with employees, if they haven't been around that type of thing before, there's just this giant gap in how they view what we're doing compared to a giant software company like yeah. Salesforce um, or you know some, something like that. So it was really great to get that and just see the pride of our, our team and that uh, accomplishment um, and what they got out of it as far as like self-value and, and reflecting on what they've helped achieve. And it's something they could take to their friends and family and be like, no, like what I do is right. legit, right? Like here's a, here's a very credible right. list that yeah, we're on. Totally. So that was yeah, really it's a really cool. great, you know, badge to put on your company, put on your website. It, it's really probably helpful for trust and sales with new companies uh, looking at you as an, as an option. And I really do get that piece where that company morale, we're just like, yeah, we're legit. We're for real company. Look at, we made the fortune, fortune 5,000. That's, I, I really get that. And in Canada, there isn't one. So I, I couldn't apply for this Fortune 5000. But uh, there's a Canadian list that I guess I could get on. But, you know, it's Canada. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do it eventually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a list somewhere. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll try to get on one of those lists. There you go. What about you? What, uh, what's been the big accomplishments for your, yourself? Yeah, I think I touched on a couple of them before. Uh, you know, the um, transition of the citation team, I think, has been uh, a lot of work and a, a big accomplishment that's been good for the company. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that. Our GMB management service has really, uh, in my mind, been a massive success. It's, uh, I had this vision to build a really straightforward, well-defined, you know, service, uh, recurring service that would uh, scale nicely. And so far, that has proven to be very true. And, you know, huge props to Allie, who directs and runs that team. She's doing an amazing job of sort of getting everything in place and getting the people trained. And and it's growing really nicely under her leadership. And so I'm really, uh, really pleased with that. Really uh, grateful for, for having Allie in that position. She's doing a great job. But that team is growing. Like we're up to 60 clients now. We just put on another job posting. So we'll have four people on that team now. And it's growing at a rate of like 10 to 15 clients per month. So, and then, you know, I just, it just has this, this potential to explode. And, and at that rate, I expect to be at around 200 plus clients by the end of 2020. So it's growing beautifully. I think it's a, it's a wonderful service. It's going to be an amazing complement to uh, the software we're developing. So yeah, all of that is coming together so nicely. Uh, we grew our team a lot last year too. We uh, we added ten new people in 2019. So a lot of those are on the citation team. Awesome. A few of them in uh, on our GMB team. So that's been uh, some great growth for the company. We're up to 29 people now. We have two job postings out right now too. Um, the rank tracker rebuild that had been a long time coming. So I'm really pleased to have that finally out the door and being able to iterate on that. We launched a cool little tool called the review checker, which is a, a great little tool that allows you to, to see all of your, um, review ratings across the web. And it, it's just a free little simple tool. We talked about that in some earlier episodes, but I'm, I'm pleased to have that out the door. 
Um, rewriting our templates and support, our new onboarding process and support. Yeah, I don't know. It's just been a great year. I'm really happy with how 2019 has gone. And gosh, am I thrilled about what we've got coming for 2020. It's been a good year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I think if I, you know, I look at um, combining ours, the the two themes are, you know, great, great people and great yeah. features. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that that's probably the a couple of main ingredients to that's success. The formula right there, company, everybody. Right? Great people, great features. Could <laughs> be our motto for the podcast. There you go. That, yeah. yeah. So, what about what about Darren on the 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 challenging side? Like, what what do you you know? What are a couple of uh, big challenges you face this year? And are are you winning currently against those challenges? Did you lose yeah. those challenges? Like, what what? Does I feel like, like we failed pretty bad on the software dev side. It's just so slow. It's like you know you think you're going to have this thing out the door in july and here we are in december and it's still like a couple months away and then that couple months turns into more months and it's just that frustration of dev cycles this like this concept of of burning dev cycles because you worked on something but you got to go back to the drawing board or it just didn't properly scope it you couldn't see how big it was until you started diving in and that's that's one of the biggest challenges for sure that we face at white spark it's been really tough to to try and develop things faster. I mean, I think the biggest problem we have is that, you know, we've got a fairly small development team and we've got new initiatives that we're working on, but we have to continually be maintaining and supporting and fixing problems with the existing systems. And so our capacity to develop something new is like, reduced to 30% of my total dev team's capacity because they're always getting distracted by these little things that come up. My dream would be to have two teams. I got the maintenance team and I got the new dev team. And the new dev team is pushing hard on the new stuff and not getting distracted. They're staying focused. They're staying on task and working on new software while the maintenance team is fixing all the little things that come up or adding the little things that need to be added. That's, that's the dream. I want to get there. Yeah, I can tell you from listening to you, those almost all the same words could come out of my mouth. <laughs> um, and I, I think every SaaS business might feel the same way, right? Like, uh, I can't remember who I'd read it from, if it was in a tweet or whatever else, but they basically broke down SaaS as this, right? It's ship code, sell, ship code, sell, ship code, sell. Um, and yeah, when you're not shipping code, it, it does. It just starts to wear mm-hmm. on you. And, you know, we, we had some of the same. We, we had like the first seven months of the year were so fast and so furious and really big features and getting things aligned and whatever else. Um, and, and then after that, it was like the, I know the team felt a little bit burned out. We had some missteps within a few things you know, details were missed, some of those uh, kind of pieces with it. And that all kind of added up. And then it kind of put us on pause for a month or two for everybody to get their feet back under them. You know, and now we're kind of in the same cycle where we have a lot of things starting to slot for like a January release. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're hitting this like, uh, you know, buildup of things again, that's not going to be healthy for our team. And it's a little harder to market because they all come at Mm -hmm. once. So we we actually just had some meetings yesterday and we're trying to figure out, you know, how do we get uh, our sprint cycles to be a little bit uh, cleaner and better. And our our product manager, Mark, had some really good ideas uh, on that Um, because at the end of the day, you know, that's the biggest thing I care about is is shipping features. And it's this balance of some of the things you ship are, you know, 
things you have to built into the product. They're not sexy. They're not going to help you in yeah. marketing, but the product needs them. Um, but ultimately as a CEO and as a CEO that like is helping a lot in sales and marketing, like I need things, give me the marketing, give me the sexy features, the things that I can talk about. So it's like finding that balance where I, I, you know, try to talk to our team about that. Like you have to understand this from the perspective of we have to make news. We have to make a splash. We have to like get people excited. Um, and you know, certain things that we do, or uh, if they're about more of the plumbing of the system and things like that, like that's not going to turn heads. We have to balance those. Things. Yeah, that's a really good, uh, you know, thing to think about. Like what, like maybe, you know, I think you touched on the idea that your product manager and, and you're looking at these sprints. I mean, like, how do we sort of spread these out so that it, we're injecting some of these splashy things in between all the must do not so exciting things and uh that's a pretty good model to follow really where if you if you lay out the next three months of development and say okay we're gonna make we're gonna push for this exciting launch in january push for this exciting launch in february and we're also going to do these other little things uh just to get them done uh, it's, a, it's a good keep the the wheel turning out know, you're continually marketing and pushing out new exciting things yep and I totally agree with you on the maintenance side. I mean, I just referred to this yesterday in our meeting is like, this is the undercurrent, yeah. right? Um, no one can see it, but there's just, there's so much to do. And the more customers you have, the more small requests. Yeah. Um, and uh, we get a lot of integration requests and like all these things. And yeah, it, you know, it just becomes really, really difficult with that. And so, I mean, I, I get back to like the, the hardest thing of running a SaaS company is prioritization, yeah, huge. right? What, what, to, yeah, what to build over what, who to say no to. It's so hard to say no. We definitely have like a yes, can do culture yeah, in our company. Um, and it's, re- it's really hard because whatever I'm saying no to matters a lot to someone in our company, right? It's a CS rep who has a customer or customers that are pinging them about it or a sales rep or an engineer that would feel a lot better if that was refactored. So it's like you have all those things that when you when you give that no, there's multiple people taking a loss on it, and then there's others on the team that are then getting a win because what they're rooting for, what they want to have happen, can actually you know get some love, make it into the product. Yeah, I think I've gotten better at that in 2019. So you know, someone comes through support and they're like, does the tool do this thing? I need it to do this thing. Otherwise I can't do it. So like, I don't know, a big one that comes up occasionally is like integrating a rank tracker with Google data studio. So I'm always faced with this option. Like, do I drop the other things that we're working on so we can build this? Is that a splashy thing? And so the thing I'm always trying to balance when I see these feature options, potential things that we could build is how many customers will this affect and how much money could this thing make us if we actually built it? And then based off of my assessment, I throw it on the list. It always makes it onto our, our task list. But you know, if it's, if it's something that's only going to affect, you know, a handful of people and it's only going to benefit a handful of people, it goes lower on the list. And so I've, I've been getting better at prioritizing that. I think I feel, I feel better about it. And so I've saying no more for sure has been a theme in 2019. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'm getting better at it. It's, it's happening more often. I think just because the requests and the things that are there are happening more often. Um, I did comment, I think, I don't know if it was in one of our management team meetings or an all team meeting, but I kind of made the comment. It was funny to me where 
you know, for so long, there's definitely plenty of people that like almost beg you to say no to things, right? Yeah, Especially definitely. your engineering team. But then once you start saying no to things, then some of them are bummed out that now you're actually <laughs> sure. saying no, right? So it's like, it's it's this flip, like, all right, what way makes you happy, yeah. right? And it's like, the answer is neither, right? It just depends on their position on that feature, on that issue, uh, whatever, whatever it, it might be. But yeah, there's just, there's always, there's always work to be done there. I, I feel like, um, you know, prioritization is probably a good topic for us uh, in, in the future to talk about a lot deeper in, just as you outlined, what do you use to help make those um, decisions, data, financials, yeah, you know, it's mostly my gut. And, <laughs> that's, that's what I mostly yeah, use. Yeah. And, and where, yeah. And where do you, where do you draw the line with those things, right? Within your business, what, what is it? Is it if two customers sure. ask 10 yeah. customers, 30 customers, what, what is the dollar amount that, that makes it seem worth it to you to do a one-off? So. And sometimes it depends on the customer. It's like, oh, well, massive brand wants this thing. So I guess we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Such, yeah. such difficult decisions that, just have ramifications all the time, right? Everything comes. Yeah. I think another challenge that we had in 2019 was custom projects. So uh, while I I say I'm pretty good at saying no to feature requests that maybe don't affect a lot of people, I have taken on a couple of really big things that have slowed us down. Like it slowed me down personally, where uh, lots of stuff that I personally wanted to accomplish, maybe more research, writing, speaking, um, had had to take a back seat. Like, because I've been so busy with custom projects, things that I personally am taking on. And so that's a bit of a, a learning thing that, you know, the, the, the payout for those projects was, was good and, and the money is good, but what was the cost? You know, what is the cost in productivity in other areas of the business? So that, that's the thing I'm trying to understand and learn from and in 2020, I'm going to make a commitment to really stick to our core competencies and not take things that are outside of our our typical realm of of expertise. Yeah, nope, uh, definitely definitely a valid item. Uh, I think for me, the the last thing, and and this will be a 2020 challenge for me as well. We we started the conversation and um, in the summer this year, but yeah. uh, just around pricing. Um, you know, the last, the last time we raised our prices, uh, for, for gather up was three years ago. We grandfathered others in, um, and we've seen our market continue to elevate up above us. Like we are one of the, you know, cheapest solution and, and based on the feature set we have and what we offer, like we're, we're definitely in that area. And it's such an interesting thing because, it just brings in so many emotional things for people on how do they individually value the product? Um, how do they think through like, okay, when you go and talk to a customer about a pricing increase, are they going to be mad at you? And then how does that make you feel? Do you disappoint them? Um, so it's really hard to like get your management team kind of wrapped uh, right. wrapped around this, right? And get them understanding. And when we did... Um, like a, a team survey on a number of things on, you know, just kind of do like, um, how do you feel leadership was for the year or management or some of these different things. I did ask everyone to like name a price. If you're a one location business, what's, what's the price of our product? And it was really interesting to see that variation from, you know, just a little bit more than what we charge right now to like three or four times more than what we charge right now. Um, so that that's, it's just, it's so interesting and it's such a psychological exercise 
internally and ultimately externally as well. Yeah. So are you saying that if you, you know, you grandfather people in, uh, but you also mentioned communicating a price increase to existing customers is if you have an existing customer that has, let's say 20 locations in the system, do they only grandfather for those 20, but any new locations they add would be at the new price. Is that how you do it? No, the, the account itself when we did it right. before, just ends up grandfathered. So that customer can continue to yeah. make the amounts that they're sure. at yeah. through that entire time. So yeah, it's, it, it just, it becomes really tough, right? And you're building a SaaS product that, all right, if someone who's been with us four or five years, like they have realized yeah. hundreds of updates, right? And you're not reconciling for those updates at all. And when you look at the market, all right, if you were to go buy a similar tool, you would pay 2x or right. 3x of what our price is. So, right, it's it's all these all these pieces and and all of those things and so, you know, we started talks early on this. It helps people get their arms around it, helps with the psychological part, um, but it's something that is you know, gonna happen for us in 2020. And that'll bring its own set of challenges on finalizing it, communicating it, you know, just the, our, our company's built to like make everyone happy. Like we have great customer service. The minute anyone's remotely wrong, multiple people are on that problem. Um, but th this is going to be a hard one because it will price increases no matter what. Sure always ruffle some feathers when you have thousands of customers. And this is something that's hard for every SaaS, right? And you hear, it's like, man, I've listened to so many podcasts and read so many articles on pricing strategies and structures and communication alone. And there's so many that, right, they just say like, you have to do this or you will not be successful. You will not survive unless you are doing this on a frequent basis and even sometimes, you know, some say you have to condition sure. your customer that this is a constant. That's the tool right. tool gets yeah. better like, and as, the price you know, gets more. You mentioned it. Like people that started with you five years ago, they were paying for a much more reduced feature set than what the system offers now. And so, you know, price increase makes sense. So would you then, are you saying that a person that did sign up five years ago, they might not get grandfathered in with a new price increase? Don't know any of those details yet. Sure. <laughs> it's really looking into it. You know, a lot of it is like, you know, step one is getting the psychology around it. And then the second step is figuring out like, all right, what do we need to do that's healthy for our business, right? That gives us the margins yeah. we need to continue to make the investments, to continue to do those things as you get bigger and support your customers, right? That that's that's the hard thing for, you know, that some of your really good customers, they totally get it. They're like, hey, I get it. If you're not making money, you're not a tool that's going to keep growing and I can't use you. So I, w I want you. But it, right. it's that right balance, right? So yeah, I don't know any of those details yet other than like those discussions started last year. They will likely, you know, hopefully sometime this spring we will arrive and figure out where we're going with it. But it's just, yeah. it's a very big, it's a very big undertaking. For sure. I got a pricing meeting today. We're going to be talking about pricing for go. our new stuff that's your, coming up. So I'm yep, trying to figure that out. challenge as well. Uh, so what are you excited about for 2020? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the new working environment we have, right? With uh, having a having yeah. a parent company, um, the, the grouping we're in, right? We were uh, acquired by a group that owns seven other marketing SaaS technology companies. So, um, and they even own one of right. our uh, competitors. And that, that was one of the things that we liked. Yeah. Weird. But we saw how they could grow our competitor. 
Um, so that was really hands-on, like, all right, right, they know our space well, they understand the pulls and the levers in there. Um, and now we get to kind of understand how those uh, companies are operated. So to me, that's what I'm really excited about to be able to like, not just know what my company's doing and how things are going and decisions being made, but I'll see this for seven other companies. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Great learning opportunity. Absolutely. Talk to all those other founders. Yep. Yeah. And then our, our team is now part of a larger team. So now everybody in every position has a new set of peers doing the same type of, you know, customer success work or engineering work or sales work, but on a different product. Yep. So they have someone to learn from and collaborate with and pick someone's brain and everything else. So I, I yep. think that's really awesome. Um, we, we've, you know, laid down, we have some really hefty goals. So we're looking at you know, some much bigger growth in 2020. So I'm excited um, for that. And then, yeah, just some of the challenges we we're talking about, like, um, and you put it best, right? Like uh, challenges are the uncomfortable things that stretch you further and push you further. So I, I am excited about some of the challenges, even though I know they're going to be, you know, hard and they're mm -hmm. going to push on me and like all of those things, but it's like, all right, how much better will I be? What will I learn how will it stretch what I've gone through? Um, so I'm excited for what those challenges are going to be. Yeah, totally. Sounds awesome. What What about you? What's on the the 2020 docket, or what you What are you excited about? Yeah, well, we're just on the cusp of launching a few things. So I'm ex really excited about those. I feel like these launches will, uh, you know, really take our company to another level with uh, the way we've got our software uh, development coming up. So that's our new accounts platform, our new new sort of integrated stuff that we're building. Um, I think that's going to be really huge for us. Our rank tracker will continue to evolve. Our GMB service will continue to grow. I don't know. It just feels like a huge growth year for us. And I am I cannot wait to get some of these things out the door. They're, they're really close right now. So, you know, I mentioned that meeting today. We're going to be looking at a lot of this stuff and figuring out how we're going to price it. And, you know, what, what are the sort of features of the different plans, actually, is a big part of what we're meeting today, is to figure out what's included at the different levels. And so that stuff is so close. And, man, we're going to launch that. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be good. I don't know. In, in general, uh, you know, 2019 felt like a little bit of a, like a flat growth year. You know, there was a, there was a bit of growth, but uh, 2020, I'm expecting some hockey stick. So I'm excited about that. Nice. Well, I can't wait to be talking on a maybe even more regular basis and hearing how all of those things are going for you. And especially your, you know, your integration of everything together. I think there's going to yeah. be... There's going to be so much for us to talk about on how that's progressing for you and the wins and the challenges and all of those things like that. Totally, that yeah. is going to be really exciting to, to dig in and hear how that's going for you. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. It's going to be great. 2020. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> bring it on. But bef before that, relax, enjoy the holidays, enjoy the family. Like uh, we, we were discussing in our chatter before hitting record, like this is the best time of year to like just kind of recalibrate, get a little downtime, get some family yep. time so that you're ready to charge ahead uh, once things kick over. Totally. Yeah. Same to you. I hope you have a good holiday break. Uh, you know, this is a nice downtime. I'm definitely taking the full two weeks off over Christmas there. And I'll be back on January 2nd to get back to it. Pretty much the same. I'm, I'm on a plane uh, tomorrow. We're doing a quick uh, snowboarding and ski trip into the Rockies before Christmas. Nice. Uh, yeah. And then enjoying Christmas and family and some quiet time. And then, yeah, be 
amped and, and ready to go come Jan. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, hey, man, I want to thank you for uh, everything this past year, the the podcast, so many of our talks, both recorded and, and unrecorded. I have benefited so much. I'm really glad we we took the plunge on this. Uh, and I also I hope I hope our listeners are glad we took the plunge on this, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, same to you. It's been amazing to chat with you and learn from you and to discuss all of these things about running a SaaS business together. This podcast has been a real blessing to me and my business and your friendship has been uh, a real blessing too. It's been, it's been great, Aaron. Thank you. You bet. Virtual fist bump, my friend. Virtual fist bump. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. I hope everyone listening, hope you've had a fabulous uh, 2019. Hope you have a great uh, Christmas and, and holiday season with your loved ones. Take some time to like relax and reflect. If you're working in this industry, you're likely working your tail off on a, on a daily basis. Don't burn yourself out. Uh, and looking forward to uh, talking to you uh, in, in a happy new year in, in 2020. Yeah, so. my uh, I echo all of Aaron's sentiments to our great listeners. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Have a good one, Darren. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.